LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel Center ministry every week. Now, Derek, how's the... Uh, How's the pool going? How's the pool going? Great question. <laughs> I've hardly gotten out of it. I've hardly gotten out of it. So this has been one of the best summers for you. Oh, cricket. Have you set the TV up yet by the pool so that you can watch the cricket in the pool? I can't disclose that. Okay. Because I've got no problems with that. If you've got a problem with that, send your comments in on our Facebook page. My question is, when are you coming up for the landscaping, Scott? You keep offering. It hasn't oh, happened yet. I'm there. It's now mid-January. If you pay for the flight, I'm there. Okay. Cheapskate. Now, the one thing's brought to you with thanks to the Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network, and we can also do landscaping for you as well. We're also proudly part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network, and we encourage you to check out our network page on iTunes. But for now, you press play on episode number 91 of The One Thing. Should your church reflect your community? Now, that's a question, Derek. Oh, it is Not a, a statement. It's or is a it a statement? No, no, no. It's a question because there's going to be fireworks on this podcast today because we're welcoming back Graham Fuller. Welcome. Good day, guys. And uh, we're going to be having a bit of a discussion just between the three of us um, on whether your church, as you suggested a moment ago, should in fact. So, so let me just let me just press into and give you a bit of context here. So, the average age of a church member in Australia is fifty-three. Okay, the average age of an Australian is thirty-eight. Now, there are part, some parts of our state. So, for example, in Brisbane, for example, where the average age is thirty-six. Uh, and then there are, you know, some communities where the average age is, you know, as little as as thirty one, um, but there are also communities where the average age is is fifty three. Uh, but we have a real problem in the church in Australia where our local churches don't reflect the averageness of the Australian community. In fact, there's some big gaps, particularly in our young age group, um, uh, and and it you know shifts around uh, around the average of fifty three. So I've been, you know, pressing, you know, into this a little bit with with some of the consulting we've been doing at Reach Australia, and just looking at uh, ABS stats and their their local community, but also looking at the church that's in front of them. Now, should your church reflect your community? What do you think? Me? Well, I think it's a it's a complex question because there's some some ways that if your church reflects your community, it's healthy. Uh, some ways, if it reflects the community, it may not be as as healthy because there's a f- there's a number of factors at, at play. Um, so you've already indicated one, which I think is a good one. If your church is way older than the local community, then there's probably a problem. And one of the challenges we constantly face as churches is keep to keep reaching the younger generation. Mm. So churches keep refreshing and growing from the bottom end, and not just aging and ultimately dying. And uh, that that means there's got to be a constant change management process going on in our churches so we keep reaching young um, both young in terms of kids and youth but also young in terms of young families that that's right but there are some communities where the average age is over 55 and and for a church leader to be saying i've got to reach young families well that's just that's just crazy because actually you need to be reaching out to the you know the newly the tree changes and the newly retireds and those who are also in village, you know in in the retirement village as well you actually it'd be unhelpful for you to be trying to reach the young families because they just you know don't exist in your community totally so it's all nuanced um, by the community in which you live so so press into that um, so where does it look where does it look where, when is it unhealthy 
to have a church that reflects your local community? Well, I'm still thinking about these things, but one of the uh, things that seems to take place, in fact, has always taken place as far as I can tell, when the gospel takes root, uh, well, when Protestant Christianity takes root, is education comes with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So as people are converted and their lives are changed and they stop, gambling and and uh, wasting money and living immorally and all sorts of things their living standard grows but also they're studying the Bible regularly they're thinking high level thoughts they're thinking um, you know, st- strategically they talk to other people about um, important issues in life so education rises um, and so what you will almost always see around Protestant Christianity is uh, a growth in um, affluence a growth in educational standard um, and so uh, often in those sort of categories they'll sit above you know employment education and and um, those sort of categories they'll sit above the standard of the community around now that can be a problem for them trying to reach others in the community. So you got that, but it also seems to me a symbol of health and maturity and mm, growth. So, mm, so mm. yeah, you've got both those things. So we've been talking about uh, demographics at the moment. That's where the examples have come from. We haven't even touched on culturally uh, the question of whether your church should culturally look like the surrounds. Any thoughts? Because you live in quite a culturally diverse area, Scott, where you are, um, and you go to church in Surrey Hills, which is again—is that quite culturally diverse? There, uh, no, not re- not really, not a, not as much. I mean, because again, the culture of uh, of Surrey Hills, uh, yeah, highly university educated, yeah. you know, fa- you know, families with with you know two two partners and a and either you know one uh, they're one point four um, high education levels. Uh, you go to Arncliffe, it's seventy five percent non English speaking. Uh, background where I live in Sydney, um, yeah. But but again, we're seeing you know de- we we are seeing demographic shifts in our local area. We actually are seeing you know the the city you know slowly move out and uh, and gentrify. Uh, we're also seeing a change in, in in just how people are housing themselves. You know, we've we're now getting more and more medium high density in our in our local community. So that 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 changes. Uh, you know, who lives, who decides to live there, who's in your local community. And so Central is probably similar in terms of backgrounds are less multicultural um, yeah that's that's it's sl- been slowly changing and now starting to change much more rapidly particularly around the gosford sort of area so um these are sort of things that churches need to pay attention to is to think about what is my community like uh who are we trying to reach are they the best people to be particularly targeting things to you know churches are open to all we want everyone to come and be saved and hear the gospel but if you don't focus towards reaching you know, particular groups, uh, you're very unlikely to, to reach them and so get before, them. Yeah, before we talk about that, though, you've just touched on there's a, there's a whole bunch of data out there. You know, you've been pressing into the NCLS uh, community profile and also the NCLS church uh, profile as well. But there is a whole bunch of ABS data as well. Now, you, you, you've got a statistics background, is that right? You, you know, you've studied that and... Yeah, you've thought lots about demographics and everything else. Is that Absolutely right? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so how have you, how have you, I guess, taught yourself? How have you built your knowledge of this as you've sought to reach out to the community? I think even before you get to the statistics, if you just walk around your area mm. and and you look at who's doing what, who's hanging out where, what sort of people are around, where do they live. You, you can get a long way there without looking at any sort of statistics. So, so that's one of the things I do when I visit a church. I'll, I'll actually go to the local Woolworths or Coles. And I'll actually walk the aisles, see who's who's around. I'll go to local cafes because a lot of people say, "Oh, no one's out on Sunday." You know, they're too busy doing. And I and I go, "Well, they're out doing their shopping and they're out in cafes, so they're they're around." 
Uh, they're just not in your church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then after that, I'd, I'd look at the uh, the statistics and data, and it's not that you know, difficult, really. Mm. The NCLS stuff is brilliant. The ABS stuff is great. And it's just trying to work out some categories that you want to want to measure and then comparing them, comparing your church to the community, and then making some um, forming some thoughts and making some decisions around that. Okay, I've got a question to dig back in some of these things. It's been burning for me in a moment, but we're going to come back to that in a second. We're going to stop and have a look at the toolbox. Uh, some must-have resources. Scott, what do you got for us? Uh, so some must-have resources. I, I encourage you to check out uh, uh, .com. They've uh, We'll provide a link to the show notes. They've got a whole bunch of sort of Australia-wide demographic data that you can, uh, you can check out and see. Uh, jump on the NCLS website as well. Again, you can see wider... Uh, church data, as well as they've got this great little tool on their website uh, where you can actually put your church you know, on a location and do a two-kilometer search and a five-kilometer search and get a whole bunch of data. Now, I think it does cost. I think it's about $200 for that community profile report. But you've actually probably got it if your church uh, denomination is uh, is part of uh, the NCLS data. So so reach out to uh, Ruth Powell at NCLS and, and get them to send uh, that data to you. The, the third thing is uh, there is a, a new website that, uh, that McCrindle has set up and uh, it's called City Infield. They've got uh, a number of sort of videos and, uh, and training thoughts on, on this you know, aspect of sort of understanding your local community. So I'd encourage you to do that. Also, we'll provide a link uh, to a talk that Jeff Braley did last year at the Reach Australia Conference on, on this, understanding your community. He just gives some really simple, helpful tools in understanding the ABS data and, and how to actually dig into uh, into it as well. And he's a qualified statistician. Like Graham. Like Graham, <laughs> as we found out. <laughs> um, I'll add one more in. We did for our planters, we built a template for building an audience profile. If you've got ministry, you'd go into the communications and IT course and you'll find it in there. It's one of the steps. Uh, otherwise, I think I'll just drop it in the show notes as well. Um, Mate, so you're just going to get grace. I love your grace. Just giving it away. If you'd like to donate and give to Geneva Push, you could also give to Geneva Push if you found today's episode helpful. Excellent. I like that, Scott. GenevaPush.com forward slash give. Here's my um, I do like that plug. Big fan. Anyway, here's the question that's burning for me. Um, that I, I want to keep pushing our plans and our churches to identify the people that they're trying to reach. And that actually may not represent the wider community itself. So you more you're learned about, people. You're, you're talking about targeting a specific group of people. Absolutely. So, which is what, what you alluded to. Why would you why would you target a specific group of people? Don't we want to reach everybody? Isn't the gospel for all the nations, not just a specific targeted group? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but if you don't think clearly about um, how you shape church life, it tends to devolve to just what people like in church. And so whether we like it a lot or not, we are in some way targeted. Um, we, tar- we speak a certain language, we dress a certain way, we sing songs, sing songs of a certain type. Um, there's all sorts of rituals and things we do around the place, mm. um, habits that, that form who we could effectively reach. Um, we just think it's best to actually think intentionally about who you want to reach um, and shaping things. And if that group is um, you know, dominant in the community, it makes a lot of sense to be seeking to reach them. Now, it's often hard to shape things so you can um, hit every group within the community. Um, and so while we're open to all and while you aim at a a focused group, it might reach more broadly. Mm-hmm. We still think aiming at a focus is probably the most effective way. But even within a church, you can set up different congregations to focus around a few groups. And 
you can also set up ministries that focus on other groups that you may not specifically shape your congregations to to reach. So how do you, you know, most churches have a, you know, a gathering on on a on a Sunday or on a, on a weekend. How do you decide which group to target? Uh, yeah, well, that's that's a good question. I, I guess one of the big factors is what's the community like and what's the, the dominant group in the community would be a, mm. a big mm. thing. But you take into account um, who, who you've got um, in your church, who's the leader of the church, how they're, they're geared and how they're going to be most effective. What are other churches doing in the area around um, to, to reach that uh, community? There's yeah, there's a whole whole bunch of dis, um, things to help you make that decision. Now we're aging, and I'm looking at both you guys, uh, particularly when I when I make that comment. We're getting older. He was um, just looking at me there, Graham, wasn't <laughs> you? Uh, how do you like? That's a reality. As as church leaders, we're often older than our our communities, and we're getting older. Um, how do how do you keep? I guess jumping back into you know the young you know the younger generation. How do you uh, as you say? Not not force upon people your own likes and dislikes, uh, but actually keep thinking about the likes and dislikes of the people you're trying to reach. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And you also become blind uh, to to things because you you think, or you just don't notice that the world's changed around you. Yep, you think it's yep. still the same as it was ten years ago. Yeah. Um. So it's a challenge. I think that the very heart and soul of it is, um, f- for the salvation of people, I'm willing to bend and change and mm. shape things so it's most there's no stumbling block in the way it's, it's yeah it's mm. totally accessible um, without in any way changing the gospel or yep. the, the outflowing of the gospel into our lives um, and so once you've done that you, you can then think of ways okay well I need to get young guys and girls engaged thinking mm. about um, what is actually going on now and keeping things fresh and changing and growing and flexible um, but it needs us to be flexible mm. Yeah, and I, one of the challenges is as well, Nissi, you, you, um, for leaders as well, it can be hard to give that up because, it, as you've said, fl- you've used the word flexing or moving. It can be uncomfortable to hand over when you aren't convinced of uh, the model that might be on display there. Um, how, As a church leadership team, how have you identified who it is that should be making decisions about how things look and how you hand over responsibility to them. Yeah, it's good. Um, we we try to really run as a team, so team pastoring um, sort of approach. And so you have old and young together making decisions about things. You have you know lots of different people represented, uh, which then helps you often have you know wisdom. I've seen this before. Uh, there's danger in this, um, but also a freshness and a can-do sort of attitude, um, which is really healthy and helpful. But it needs to be cultivated by the leaders, by the, the particularly the key leader, but the senior leaders, um, an ability to listen, a willingness to change, um, yeah, to save to save people. Hmm. And and I think that's what I've I've seen. You you regularly. Uh, ask questions of new people who are coming to the church. You regularly ask questions of people who have been around as well. You actually seek feedback, uh, you know, from a, a larger group rather than just the senior leadership team or, um, you know, the people that you know and like. You know, you actually you look at you look at data from a wide group of people. Yeah, it's it's amazing to hear the stories of people who have actually been converted in your church mm-hmm. and what their journey was to come in and how how they're invited and how many people invited them and yeah, it it really reveals a great great deal. It's really interesting and helpful to then help you think about how do you 
reach others effectively. And, and do that lots. Like turn anecdote into a, a data a data set in some ways. I know, yeah, it's the wrong way of thinking about it, but having lots of those conversations actually helps you build a picture to see correlations, to see, you know, regular patterns uh, and then and hopefully inform, you know, inform and change behaviour. Yeah, yeah. The, the more conversations, the more information you can gather, the better picture. So if we learned nothing else today, it's that statistics are built on anecdotes. Uh, I think that's where we've landed. <laughs> At least 66% of the time, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Great. What's the one thing uh, that you'll be able to take away when thinking about how your church should reflect your community? Oh, the biggest thing is is a passion that people would be saved and so a willingness to actually um, flex in church life to, to reach people. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that you have liked what you've heard on The One Thing today. I'm sure of that because that was a very stimulating conversation. That was really uh, helpful just to press into that. Uh, check out the toolbox, uh, but also check out other episodes. We've got loads of great episodes uh, in the back catalogue now. Uh, so check on the you know search bar, have a look, uh, find one, listen to it. Excellent. Well, uh, thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing coming up in our next episode. You're going to be hearing, we're going to be bearing down Australia Day. I love Australia Day. It's one of my favourite days of the year. And what better time to talk about food? Food. We're actually going to have Maddie Galea joining us on The One Thing, telling us everything about how to do church food well. Mm, Excellent. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon. Mm.